Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demi-straight girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, Relationship Anarchy. Sounds fake, but okay. Welcome back to the pod! Maybe. Okay. I saw someone do that on Twitter. Yeah. It pleased me. Uh, Very much. It did. Okay. It's been a lot happening on Twitter. (laughs) There has been a lot happening on Twitter. Before we talk about Twitter, listen, I know I always mention noises outside. Okay. My dad is mowing the lawn. He decided to mow the lawn right as we were starting this. Someone out there is weed whacking. Honestly, it's unclear if it's my dad or not. The the sounds may go in and out depending on where he is in the yard. Just it, okay. Listen, mm-hmm. <laughs> I live with my parents now. What do you want? <laughs> Oof. Okay, Twitter. <laughs> well, okay. Before we do that, I know. Well, this is I guess kind of Twitter related. So I know I t- we did tweet about this. But apparently, we have been missing some patrons for several weeks now. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, yeah. We just, Patreon sometimes does not email us when it's supposed to. Yeah, we were not getting the appropriate email. And I didn't realize that I needed to check so diligently, I guess. So, yeah. We're very sorry that we have missed you. Yes. Sad. Sad. We still, please know that we still appreciate you very, very, very much. We do. We're very sorry. And we're very sorry. We we see you. We see you now. We see you. We're very sorry. Rip. All right. (laughs) We'll get to you at the end of the show. We sure will. What other Twitter news do we have? Well, the other day I was looking at all of our numbers and things and i was like wow there's a lot happening here because i think we talked about this last time but we're almost at 100 episodes Mm -hmm. and we're like probably a month or two away from having like a hundred thousand listens which was very wild Mm -hmm. a lot of people listened last month it was very wild hello all of you (laughs) What's up? Uh, so we met our Patreon goal. So there's just a lot happening. And I was like, you know what would be fun is if we had a thousand Twitter followers by the time we got to a hundred episodes. Because we were at like 860 something, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. And so one Twitter user in particular has been going on an ADH absolute... Doug is an icon. A true crusade. Over on ADH Doug's Twitter. Uh, And probably mostly thanks to him, we are now at 901 followers. Is he our new social media person? I think he might be, because he sure is doing more than I am at this moment. (laughs) So, yes. Amazing. So... Yeah, if you're not following us on Twitter, I guess, you better, or else ADH Doug is probably going to get you. He's going to come for you. 
Yeah. It's Don't very exciting that. stuff. <laughs> Iconic. All right. Is he's that, is also that... on a crusade to finish every episode by 100, and he's only at 50. I... I I don't think it's going to happen, ADH, Doug. And it'll well, be has... a while before you hear this. <laughs> How many weeks does he have? Two. Well, oh. t- today today is, is Wednesday, September 4th. He's got a week and a half. So by the time you're hearing this... By the time you're hearing this, he only has a week. Oh, man. That means we got to start planning, huh? I don't think I would want to listen to our voices that much. Someone in the Discord the other day said they read something in my voice. And I was like, dear God. Oh, no. I don't want your voice in my head. But I, like, know that phenomenon of, like, you listen to someone a lot, and then you read something in their voice. I do that with Jenna Marbles sometimes. Oh, I do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But now people are doing it with my voice, which is odd. Why not mine? Well, because it was a it was a uh, thing. So oh Jesus! If you like yeah, that I don't joke, want, I don't want. If you, you like that joke, maybe maybe people would like you more and put you in their head. Just saying. Interesting. Just yeah. Yeah. Are you saying my number one most unlikable trait is that I don't like the us? Yes. Honestly, How I'm doing. That? I'm doing great then. If that's my number one most unlikable trait. I mean, I didn't say you had, you didn't have other unlikable traits. But I, but you said that was my number one most unlikable trait. Okay, what are we talking about this week? <laughs> this week we're talking about relationship anarchy. We sure are. So a lovely listener sent us an email. It is from Ray, and this person was like, "I want to hear about relationship anarchy." Here's the manifesto. A fun word. Yeah. And when I first saw that, I was like, oh, God, this sounds, like, fake, aggressive. And also, I expected it to be like, everyone should be in a relationship at all times. I don't know why I thought that. Well, I mean, anarchy is a strong word. Yeah, I think the word anarchy and then also just, like, manifesto, I was just like, whoa. But I would, after reading it, I was pleasantly surprised. It was also translated from Swedish, so maybe manifesto is just, like, a less scary word in Swedish. That's true. Swedish? Hello? Swedish. <laughs> in Swedish? Yeah. It, it was translated from Swedish. It was originally written in 2006, which is fun. Just a long time ago. How old were we in 2006? Uh, nine? We turned nine? We collectively turned nine. Me and you. <laughs> I know. I know what you meant. But it's just funny to think of us having one age. I don't know. It's well, we don't, though, because I would have been eight for most of that year, and you would have been nine for most of that year. Okay. That's how math works. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, okay, so do we want to give our listeners just the lowdown on what the the uh, manifesto says? I was actually thinking we would do the whole episode without explaining what relationship anarchy was. Oh, okay. So we're still in the mindset of last week's episode. Just Uh, kind of say whatever you want. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Uh, As much as I love that idea. (laughs) Yeah, perhaps not. Maybe next week. Hit me with some info. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, so first of all, this link, I'll put the link below. It's in the Anarchist Library, which is a fun website. A website, I suppose, that exists. I gotta, I gotta check is, this website out. <laughs> which is very fun. But yeah, so it's 
made by a Swedish person named Swedish. Andy Nordgren, but Swedish. Nordgren, yeah. But Swedish sounding. <laughs> and I suppose it looks like they used to run a website that was all about relationship anarchy. Oh, this was this was trans- This was translated to English by the person who wrote it. Oh, good for them. Yeah, good on you. Good. Because I actually, because I took a class about, like, translation, I was like, interesting that they use the phrase, fake it till you make it. Like, I'm wondering what that was originally. Like, and if that was a, that. If, and if that's a true translation of what it was or just what it meant. And I was like, oh, it's translated by the same person. So I'm sure that it's a good It's very interesting, actually, because there's some other phrases that I think are funny. And I was wondering if they were lost in translation, but it seems like they weren't. And they're just funny. Or anyway. maybe they, or maybe they were lost in translation because you're not well, really. That's true. There's only like, so many words. Better, better translations are found when the person translates into their native language, yeah. and because this person was uh, seemingly not doing that. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so this it's it's, it's called a short instructional manifesto for relationship anarchy. So basically, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's not it, that it, long, but also yeah, like. That we, seems boring. We could we could read the headers, though. There's, like, a bunch of different headers, and each has, like, a paragraph yes. explanation. Well, I was going to read the first paragraph, the whole thing. I, I it think, kind yeah, of describes actually, the first what relationship is anarchy yeah. is. Wow, this episode, it. also anarchy. Okay. Anarchy. So, the first, like, subtitle thing, I guess, is Love is Abundant and Every Relationship is Unique. And it says, Relationship Anarchy questions the idea that love is a limited resource that can only be real if restricted to a couple. You have capacity to love more than one person in one relationship, and the love felt for that person does not diminish love felt for another. Don't rank and compare people and relationships. Cherish the, cherish the individual and your connection to them. One person in your life does not need to be named primary for the relationship to be real. Each relationship is independent and a relationship between autonomous individuals. Yes. Can I real quick say... The part where it says you have capacity to love more than one person and one relationship and the love felt for that person does not diminish love felt for another. When I was little, I was convinced that you could only ever be in love with one person in your life. And that was the person you married. Oh, no. Like, total. Ever. Oh, so you thought you couldn't love your parents? No. I'm talking about, like, romantic love. Like, being in love with someone. Mm-hmm. I thought you could only be in love with one person in your entire life. I thought that was how it worked. Oh. Hmm. I don't know if I thought that. Probably. Yeah. But, like, and not just, like, when I was little. Like, solidly into middle school, I thought that. Oh, that's a little old. I was an Arrowways baby, and I didn't understand anything. No, that's fair. <laughs> okay, but anyway... But anyway, so the person that sent this in was telling us that this the relationship anarchy is typically more for people in it was like made for or used more by people in polyamorous polyamorous relationships, mm-hmm. which I think like very much comes through in this yeah. description of like you know you can love more than one person at once and it doesn't diminish them. Um, mm-hmm. We have an episode quite old at this point with a friend of ours who often has polyamorous polyamorous relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also link that, because I think it goes into a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's similar topics come up when we were talking to them. But. Yeah. I definitely found this very interesting. Uh, 
actually before we talk too much do you want to just like let's read the headers for everything else so then it says love and respect instead of entitlement find your course out of relationship values heterosexism heterosexism is rampant and out there but don't let fear lead you build for the lovely unexpected fake it till you make it trust is better change through communication and customize your commitments all of these together are basically just saying you know trust your partners and like trust the people that you love and you know communicate with them (laughs) uh Mm. which i feel like a lot of the things that they say in this when not viewed through the lens of like this is a manifesto or like very very valid points and i think the thing that at first i was like uh this scares me was that it reads to me, I think it's also just the use of the word manifesto, it reads to me like a lot of very like far left, like communist style writings. And that is to say that my brain looks at this and it thinks it's very idealistic and I like mm-hmm. the ideas behind it and I like the inequality or just the issues that it's intending to address, but it feels like it's too idealistic. My brain is like, this would never work in the real world. But... I also have this huge bias of being raised in an aggressively capitalist system (laughs) that is very, like, inherently racist and sexist. So anything that approaches true equality is somewhere in my brain stamped, like, impossible, we should not attempt, Um, just as a result of being raised in the United States. But looking at the ideas in this, like, I... I like them. I like them a lot. And I think that a lot of these mindsets are something that people should really consider in their lives, even if they aren't going to become a so-called relationship anarchist. Like, I think the ideas of not necessarily prioritizing, like, I guess just not following the norms of, like, how you should be treating your relationships is something that I definitely agree with, because I think the norms are shit. (laughs) Right. I think... Yeah, I think a lot of it is very idealistic, but I do think that they're good things to strive for. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, some of them, like, the one that really got me was, like, so under trust is better. It's choosing to assume that your partner does not wish you harm leads you down a much more positive path than than a distrustful approach where you need to constantly be validated by the other person. (laughs) For me especially... I was like, oh, well, wouldn't that be nice? And is that the end goal of me going to therapy? I guess. Yeah, but I was also, I was this say... is not something I can just do. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it, like, for you, that's like a specifically you issue also. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a very specifically me issue. And like, if you're, oh, did, no, we didn't do the Enneagram on this podcast. No. We talked about it? We might have. But I... If you're familiar with Enneagrams, it's a personality test. I'm very much so a six, and that, like, really describes everything about me. Mm -hmm. But either way, even if this was not a specifically me thing, a lot of these things are kind of very ideal in the way of, like, ah, yes, just do this, and yes, good. Yeah. It just really reminds me of communism. I mean, yeah. (laughs) It is very ideal, and... It's very, like, free-flowing, I guess. Even, mm-hmm. like, even the idea of, what is it? Build for the lovely unexpected. Of, like, you mm-hmm. be free to be spontaneous. And, like, 
just do things. Mm -hmm. But, like, it even contradicts itself there because in saying, you know, that communication is really important, you can't be fully spontaneous because you still need to communicate. Right, and it says, like, talk about, or, like, find your core set of relationship values, like, what are your boundaries? And they're basically saying, like, they also talking about, like, don't have a foundation of entitlement. Like, you don't have to compromise necessarily. Like, you can engage with each other without my dog is barking. Yes, she really is. I can hear (laughs) it. I don't know if the listeners can hear it, but... uh, (laughs) That is a loud lawnmower. (sighs) Jesus. Oh my god. It says... She's really going for it. Yeah, I don't know what, there's probably a dog walking by, there's gotta be. That's the only thing that gets her barking like that, is a dog walking by her house. Good. Um, (laughs) so it says, explore how you can engage without stepping over boundaries and personal beliefs, rather than looking for compromises in every situation. Let loved ones choose paths that keep their integrity intact, without letting this mean a crisis for the relationship. Which, I mean, I think that's cool, but there are... I guess it depends on the type of relationship you have with this person. Like, if it's... I guess I'm thinking of things in terms of, like, monogamy and, like, committed relationship, like, marriage. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to compromise on some stuff. But because this is talking about more... It's a little bit more polyamorous, a little bit more free-flowing, it's something that, I guess, maybe can be achieved a little bit more if you're not... I'm just kind of stuck in this... I'm stuck in the mindset that American society places on me of what relationships look like. Yeah. And I guess when I was reading this, I was kind of thinking more generally, too, of not just in terms of, like, polyamory or things. Oh, absolutely. Having to do exactly with a relationship. But, yeah, especially the part where it was, like, it's, like, love is not more real when people compromise for each other because it's part of what it's expected. But it's, like, sometimes you really do have to compromise. Yeah. Like, you really, really do sometimes. Like, there's no option. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I, <laughs> sometimes you just gotta. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I I definitely like the idea of, like, holding to your values and understanding mm-hmm. that other people might have different values and just, like, accepting that. But I, I do think there is some level of compromise that is required in any relationship. Yeah. I guess when I was reading this, so I know of some people in my life who recently, like, started being polyamorous, but, Mm -hmm. like, there was not a great amount of communication, like, before it happened, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, like, I have other people in my life who live polyamorous lifestyles who, like, do have, like, just a different level or a different way of communicating. Communication is key. Guac is extra. Yes. Yes. (laughs) and so it was just interesting as i read this of like and i've also thought about this a lot as this has come up of like what i would do in a polyamorous relationship situation because Mm -hmm. i first of all would hate it i just know that about myself yeah but it's just especially reading this it's so hard because like that kind of thing and we talked about this in the polyamory episode it just takes so much communication and like planning and like really setting those boundaries and knowing like what's okay for you and what's okay for your partner or partners Mm -hmm. which like i think makes some of this hard yeah because a lot of you can't for things to work it has you have to communicate so much yeah like you can't be fully like spontaneous and you also like 
And I know we're like really picking at this like very specifically, and this is probably meant to be more of an overarching thing. Yeah, I like, so like it, we I, we are criticizing this a lot. We are going deep on that. criticizing it, but I do think overall it's good. <laughs> yeah, but like there's there's my statement. Go. Yeah, but like the thing is like. If, you, if it's saying, like, don't compromise, like, what if you are in a polyamorous relationship with, like, you and two other people, and, like, you would like to add a third person, and the other people are like, no, thank you, but I'm not supposed to compromise? Like, what happens there? Do we all just break up? Oh, yeah. Like, what do I we... I, I guess I was like, well, the compromise would be, uh, you wouldn't add a third person, but that's not a comp. Like, that's not... <laughs> I mean, that, that situation is hard, because there's not a real way to compromise on that one. Yeah, there, there it's is either no you comprom- do or you don't. But you, you know add half I mean. a person. You uh, cut them yes. in half. Which way? I don't know. If a dog were to wear pants, would they wear it like this or like this? Yeah, it is one of those. But <laughs> you, for an example that actually makes sense, like, like, what do you do if you're not supposed to yeah. compromise, but you have these, like, big situations, you know? Yeah, that's much realer. I was more thinking about, like... One of you wants Chipotle for dinner. Someone else wants uh, Olive Garden for dinner. And so but instead of compromising, just... one of you goes to Chipotle and one of you goes to Olive no, Garden and you easier. eat by yourself. You both just use DoorDash and deliver them to your home and you can still eat together. Easy. Next. Wow. You got me there. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, we've spent a lot of time criticizing this, but also the person that sent it to us was thought it was interesting, at least I think yeah. it's interesting, to look at it through an asexual lens as well. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the good things about this, yeah, sure, now that we've I, slammed I, it. <laughs> now that we've slammed it into the ground and beat it up. I, I do have a lot of good things to say about it. I think it, especially just reading that first paragraph, like, the first thing that came to my mind was the idea, like, the concept of, like, best friends. Like, Little kids will be like, oh, I have my first best friend and my second best friend. Oh, yeah, and, like, I was a brat of a child, and you know I did yeah, things like that. like, what the fuck? And so I, like... I, do you know what I did as a child? What? It was, like, fourth grade, and I thought that I could only have, like, one group of friends. And oh. so I, like, picked between them and made it, like, a big thing. Oh, God. Because I did not... I was unaware that I could have... A multitude of friends. I had this whole, like, very dramatic thing where I decided I didn't want to be friends with one of my friends anymore, and I, like, read out this whole plan about how to not be friends with them anymore, because That's elaborate. I'm, well, yeah, because I'm so non-confrontational that I was like, yeah, this is this is my passive-aggressive way of not being friends. There was, like, a whole journal about it, and I was like, oh, God, this is bad. Anyway. <laughs> I also once decided pigs used to be my favorite animal for a very long time, and I was very passionate about them. Okay. And it was, like, my thing. And then I decided that they weren't my favorite animal anymore, and my friend got very mad at me. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, I was anyway. I brat, so I deserved it. Anyway. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that I was a brat. Oh, I, I was just I have weird. a good record that I was the worst child ever. I could, cu- I could see that. Hey! <laughs> I, I could see it based on the things you've told me about your childhood. I could see it. Okay, yeah. Ba- okay, but based on me now, would you see it? Oh, I don't know. Whatever. It just checks out based off of the things you've said. Anyway, okay. Yeah, based on those things, like, I'm evil. The idea of, like, first best friend and second best friend. Like, sorry, that's a loud dishwasher. It's not a dishwasher. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I've done it again. 
Okay. But I, I like how this, like, relationship anarchy takes that and it says there's no hierarchy. You just appreciate all of your relationships for what they are. They're all different and they matter in different ways to you. And I think that's a very healthy way of looking at things. Like, I'm... I kind of I was kind of the kind of person where like I got to college and I was like okay well like I have like my high school best friend and then you were like my college best friend and then and it was I'm like not and then I was like well then I have like my Quidditch best friend and it's like you don't need to like yeah it's not like there's a hierarchy there like you are very good friends with all of these people and like you don't need to have like a well this one is my best best friend unless you're getting married in which case you do need a maid of honor yeah well you don't actually but you don't need anything but that's also where siblings come in handy because then you don't have to pick between your friends exactly anyway (laughs) but like but if you have multiple siblings you do have to pick between them yeah sucks (laughs) yeah we don't have that but anyway but i like the idea of how it says like there's no hierarchy like you get to appreciate all of your relationships for what they are and i think like that's something that i have like learned to do and like not necessarily compare my relationships and that's Mm -hmm. nice i enjoy it indeed i think it also like kind of goes along with the love and respect instead of entitlement thing of like Mm -hmm. because i think looking at it that way of like looking at your relationships not even necessarily is more equal because like obviously you're gonna have some relationships in your life that like just matter more to you yeah and like you spend more time on than others like Mm -hmm. i don't know at first when i read this i felt pressured at first to like make all of my relationships very equal and then i was like no yeah that's not that's not what it's saying the point of this is that i have like the relationships that are important to me are important to me and those don't necessarily have to follow like norms and like whatever it is that's okay yeah and i think if and if you're a person in one of those relationships understand that all of the relationships are different and you don't have to compare yourself to the other people that the person is in relationships with yeah and i think like with the like not having entitlement part it's of like you know you don't own this person and like you being aware of like this person is in other relationships of other kinds and like Mm -hmm. that okay Yeah, and I think, to me, it definitely does, like, validate my strong opinion (laughs) that, uh, like, romantic and sexual relationships shouldn't inherently be the most important relationship, because it basically tears that down entirely of saying that there is a most important relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that just validates me. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) But, like, I mean, I definitely have a bias with my feeling that way because I'm Mm -hmm. arrow ace and I don't anticipate necessarily having a relationship like that. Like I, I want to still feel loved. (laughs) Um, and, but like, just like the knowledge that like you can love and prioritize different types of relationships and there is no one like standard way of like you have to do it this way i think thinking that way is very healthy for all of your relationships Mm -hmm. this is a bit off topic but the one of the like biggest transitions of like moving away from college and like meeting new people which has been like really interesting for just how i think about like myself and my relationships i think is that Mm -hmm. in college most of my friends didn't date or like 
didn't often have relationships. Yeah. And I did. And so it just kind of impacted the way I thought about, like, myself and, like, how relationships work. Mm -hmm. And now I am surrounded, like, almost, I think, like, 90% of the people I work with are in long-term relationships. Fucking aloes, am I right, lady? (laughs) You're so right. But it is, it's just very interesting of, like, how being surrounded by that really, like, changes how you think about it. Mm -hmm. And it also... This is, like, sad that it took this for me to, like, really sympathize with this, I think. But I also was, like, I don't, it makes me understand even more why people need to be around people that are like them. Mm-hmm. And, like, not that, like, we need to be, like, sectioned off and segregated. But of, like, how it is Put important- the aloes over, over there. there. <laughs> but, like, just the importance of, like, finding the amount of community that you would like and like seeing yourself represented or like having people to kind of like talk to or commiserate with. Yeah. Because I was just like, oh, it's like nice to have other people that are like going through the same things as me or like yeah. are making similar life choices as I am. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is what people want. <laughs> oh man, this this really took a turn for me. It went from me being like, fuck yeah, like all relationships hierarchies no they're all great to me being like oh no all of my friends are gonna get into relationships and leave (laughs) no but i don't think that's what a roller coaster (laughs) i don't think that's true at all like i mean that is a legitimate thing to worry about and i understand why you're worried about it Uh... but i do no stop like it is very isolated to where i work though i think like I have never before been in such a concentrated area of people with relationships, so I do think it's an anomaly. All right. And also... A lot of people do have relationships. That's true. But, like, if there's one thing that I hope will, like, make you feel better is that, like, all of these people still spend a lot of time with friends. Because they're not fools. Because they're not fools. Like, the one... My one new work friend, like, lives with her boyfriend... But she, like, still has been, like, spends lots of time with, like, me and our other work friends. And, like, makes time to, like, do stuff like that. So. Yeah. I was talking to a friend recently, and they were saying that they have a friend who's in a relationship, and their significant other is really, like, always being like, well, why didn't you invite me to this thing with your friends? And it's like, because I can have relationships with my friends outside of my relationship with you. Like, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't like that where it's like I need to be invited to everything. Like fuck that shit. No. Like yeah, th- no. do you really want to go to everything that your partner does? Like that seems exhausting. It seems and boring. Your interests hopefully overlap, but they're not the Venn diagram is not a yeah. circle. Like Yeah. So like yeah, I don't know. You'll still have friends. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, changing the topic. <laughs> I I did also like the part where um, it's saying, like, although I do have some issues with the section where it says, like, be free to be spontaneous, as we talked that about. That one's just scary to me. I don't like being spontaneous in any part of my life. Oh, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm definitely more okay with it than you are. Yes, I like a plan. Yeah, I'm just like, well, well If we plan, yeah. if we plan for a set day where we will be spontaneous. Oh my god. You sound like my sister. Sorry. Today I spontaneously watched the dog. Uh, no, not at all. Okay. You and my sister are very different. Well. Um, (laughs) 
But it says, like, like free to express oneself without fear of punishments or a sense of burdened shoulds. Which, like, living your life without the burden of should, very good. My therapist taught me that. Uh. Same. Same. My therapist also taught me that. Oh, nice. <laughs> good. Living your life with you should do this and you should do that, it's not good for you. It's not healthy. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Talk to your therapist about it. <laughs> Talk to your therapist. Hey, have you t- have you heard about our Lord and Savior not shooting? <laughs> not shooting. This episode is brought to you by not shooting. Can we have a shirt that says "Don't should"? Don't should. Like should a ver- the verb of should. Yeah, I I like this concept. I like where this is going. <laughs> Don't should. Let Don't us know. Should. Please let us know if you would buy a T-shirt that says "Don't should." Oh, I love that. Because, like, I'm kind of really into it. (laughs) I was into it until I remembered that I would have to make it on Photoshop, and then I'm not into it anymore. (laughs) Uh, I'm still into it. So so now you guys have to break the tie. (laughs) Amazing. I'm really into don't should. Don't should. Just don't do it. Like, it's kind of, like, outside of a t-shirt, like, I'm kind of a big fan of that. Oh, yeah. I've... I found myself shooting more recently, and I was like, "You got it." I should all the time. I'm a non non nonstop shooter. That's me. <laughs> no, Kaylee, you got to stop shooting. Don't should. <laughs> nonstop shooter. I don't think "should" is a word anymore. <laughs> I. It's sounding more and more fake as we go. That's why you should not do it. It's fake. And should. If it sounds fake. That I it should not do something. Fake. Don't should me. It sounds fake, but it's not okay. <laughs> It is okay, because we're going to put on a t-shirt. That's so true. Yeah, see, we use should so often that you use it, you don't even realize you just used it. What if you went a whole day without using the word should? It'd be very hard. Well, what my therapist told me is that when I think oh. I when I, <laughs> when I think I should do something, instead of doing that, if it's like, I, I do should. The opposite. I, like, if it's like, I should take a shower, I should be like, I'd like to take a shower. I'm See, but that's going never to take a shower. Let's take a shower. Well, no. See, here's here's but the you, problem. But you would like to do it because it's something that it's like, this is something that I as a person would like to do. Even if it's, it's so... not like I want to do this. No, never. The only reason that I ever shower is because I should. See, this is where we're different people. If the societal... I, you also hate showering. No, we're not. No. Oh, no. I know that. It's just our approach to uh, getting this advice is very different. Well, I take the should advice usually, but for things that I vehemently hate, such as showering... All right. It was a bad example. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no. Anywho... I'm just going to Google relationship anarchy and see what comes up, because I want to see, like, are people talking about this? Yeah, it's also such a strong term. It is a lot for me. It does, like, describe what the person is saying. Yeah. Well, there's a whole Wikipedia. It it kind of does. I think it describes it. What would you it, name it? Well, I don't know, but I do think it describes it. a symbol. Okay, can you let me talk? <laughs> I don't think I can communication uh i i think it describes it and that it's saying like fuck the rules but i also yes. don't th- i don't think that the concept is itself anar- 
anarchistic. I think it's anarchistic in that it's saying fuck the rules, but, like, it's saying, you know, you should communicate. And I feel like when I think of anarchy, I don't think of, like, healthy communication, you know? (laughs) It is weird because it is saying fuck the rules, but then this manifesto is specifically making different rules for you to follow well it's saying fuck society's rules and here are and here are my rules a better which are better more healthier more healthier jesus uh like healthier more idealistic set of rules that i think are cooler and not as constricting and heteronormative as society's rules yeah I think what's also interesting that can really relate, so I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now, mm-hmm. that can also relate a lot to asexuality, maybe. And maybe oh, right, we were going to talk about that. Well, yeah, we kind of did. We kind of did. There. Um, so this part of Wikipedia says, relationship anarchists look at each relationship individually as opposed to categorizing them according to societal norms such as just friends in a relationship or in an open relationship. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting, because I think a lot of things that I see like people asking like or talking about in the discord is like how do i know if this person wants to be like more than friends or like if i have a squish or a crush or like Mm. if i'm actually flirting with someone which are like all obviously legitimate concerns but i think Mm. relationship anarchy is not necessarily a way to fix that but is a different way of looking at it yeah it's reframing it Mm -hmm. where it's like just let the relationship be what it is Oh, it has its roots in the free love movement. That makes mm, a lot of that sense. That checks out. Yeah, but I think I think that idea of, like, just letting the relationship be what it is. And I was thinking mm-hmm. about this the other day. I was thinking about how in the past, when I, when I wasn't sure if I was Arrow, just, like, in the past where I was just, like, I'm not sure if this is a crush or a squish. Like, I can't tell. And ultimately, because I'm me, I... In my head, I was like, I decided, no, it was not a crush. But I think what I really just decided to do was be very non-confrontational and just not do anything. Classic Sarah. But, like, (laughs) looking at it through this lens, it's like, I just let those relationships be as they were. And then I ended up here. Arrow. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I wonder what relationship anarchy has to say about, like, labeling sexualities and stuff like that Mm, yeah because it almost seems to me like it would be con labels yeah it seems like for you by deciding you wanted to label yourself as arrow you like i guess that was an active choice i guess yeah yeah i mean obviously you don't decide that you are arrow but you decided that you would like to label yourself that way but in, in choosing that label i put myself in a box right and Obviously, that doesn't keep you from having romantic relationships because everything is fluid and you can do whatever you want. Nothing is real. Nothing is real. But it does constrict you in some sense because if you wanted to have a romantic relationship, you would then have to make some decisions. I would have to make some decisions and I would have to, again, communicate with a person and be like, hey, I know I previously said I was Arrow, but also... Just kidding. Yeah, but also, like, I think I'm into you, but also knowing me, I would just be like, oh, nope, <laughs> run away. <laughs> oh, interesting. Classic Sarah move. Run away. <laughs> that is a good, that is a good Sarah move. Incredible. All right, do you have anything else to say about relationship anarchy? I think it's a cool idea. I think it's complicated in um, application, but so is everything good. Like, yeah, I mean, I so think- is Medicare for all, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's complicated in many of the in many of the ways that just polyamory in general is complicated, mm-hmm. or but like the perfect ideal of polyamory. Relationships are complicated, and that's yes. you're that's not going to change that. And so yeah. I I think this is a it is a healthy way of approaching it, even if it has its flaws. Like I think it is, it's good to not be comparing everything to each other and butting against each other, and it's very. When I saw that it was written by a Swede, I was like, yeah, because an American... I know this is going to be good. An American would never fucking write this shit because Americans, for the most part, have the same biases as me where I'm just like, capitalism? (laughs) (laughs) And you have to, like, unlearn all the Americanness that you've been taught your whole life. Yeah. I think, at the very least, it's an interesting theoretical idea to, like, Mm -hmm. kind of open your mind or at least, like, remind you of, like, what society is doing yeah and i think a lot of the individual ideas are good practice even if you don't embrace all of them to the same extent even if you're in a monogamous relationship i think a lot of these are oh yeah definitely or if did i say you're not in a monogamous re- no you, you know say what I mean. if you are if you are monogamous it's still good stuff to like think about even if you're arrow ace or you're ace spec and you don't have romantic or sexual relationships or even if you're not but you don't have them right now it's i think good to think about it's it's a good it's a good way to think about your relationships, and I encourage you to think about your relationships this way. What is our poll for the week? Don't should. That's not a poll. That's a statement. No, it's a question. Don't there should? Was a, there was a lift in my voice at the end. You okay. may have missed it. Okay. Uh, that's going to be our secondary poll. <laughs> okay. What's our first Our primary poll? poll, I think we should ask about relationship anarchy, because I think it is a really interesting I guess concept. we can stay on topic fine. Uh, I guess what... I mean, we could just say, like, relationship anarchy. Yes, I'm going to embrace it now. Uh, the other option being, yes, I like some of the ideas, but I, this isn't going to fit in the thing. But, I, <laughs> like, idealistic, but I like the ideas. Wait, can we do an open-ended no? poll? Oh, sure. Because we haven't done one in a while. But I think I would just like to hear, like, what people think about it. Like, especially from an Arrow Ace perspective. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So, open-ended poll. Relationship anarchy? Question mark? Secondary poll. Don't should? Question mark? Yes, no. (laughs) That one's not (laughs) open-ended. It's not. There's not even a maybe. Uh, No maybes. Don't should. Wait, so if if you don't should, if you think shoulding is bad, the answer would be yes because no i said well don't should question mark yes i wrote don't should t-shirts so it's that is not the question it is god damn it too late i do it me 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 (laughs) okay all right them's our polls (laughs) yes (laughs) uh what is your beef and juice this week oh boy my beef is that now that I've turned adult. Turned adult. Holidays are ruined because they're fun while they happen, but then you go to work after and you say, oh, my week is going to be bad because now I have to make up for everything that I missed. And it's bad. Well, those of us over here on the unemployment train are just uh, chugging along. Yep. Kayla was like, Sarah, you need to update your bio or, like, give me an updated bio for the website because it says I am in school and I'm not anymore. And I sent her some great ideas. Let me read them to you. Um, Unemployed by day, unemployed by night. 
Arrow in the streets, ace in the sheets. I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm 100% in a mid-midlife crisis. And Kayla just said those are all accurate. So Yes. There's that. Okay, what's your juice? Do we do them? Aren't you supposed to do your beef and then we do our juices? How do we do mm. this? Nope. I just usually go first, but this is a great change of pace. You do your juice. Oh, wow. Shocking. Uh, my juice is it's starting to get cooler. That's mm. nice. That is nice. Can start wearing some sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. Big move. Um, I have friends now. Yay! Kayla has friends. Kayla has friends. Yes. Applaud uh, her. Thank I'll leave space. Uh, I'll give you some silence to applaud. Ready? A nice little golf clap. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yep. My beef is Scarlett Johansson, what are you doing? Please stop. Look. I love the memes, though. I love the character of Natasha Romanoff in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love her so much. I wish I could like Scarlett Johansson, but she just keeps saying problematic things. Also, she doesn't make sense. She's like, she's like, in Taika Waititi's Nazi satire film Jojo Rabbit, and then she talks about how she supports Elizabeth Warren, and then in the same goddamn interview is like, I support Woody Allen, and like, I should be allowed to play any person of any race or gender identity. Like, ScarJo, or no. tree. She said she could play a tree. She Let her be that. Groot. <laughs> I do love the Scarlett Johansson memes, though. Yeah, it's just, I she doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But I love a lot of the things she's in and a lot of the characters she plays, and I'm just like, ah! She's a lot. There's that. My juice is the Moulin Rouge Broadway cast recording. It came out last week. It is so good. They changed a lot of the songs to, like, modernize it uh, because the movie came out in, what, 2001? Mm-hmm. Um it's great. There's a, a couple songs where, like, like some of them more, like, straight covers. I'm just like, eh. Chandelier is good, though. Yeah, I listened to most of it, and I am not convinced yet. I didn't I'm like convinced. it as much as I wanted to like it. I think, like, some of the songs require more than one listen to, like, really get them. Because they're, like, basically, for those of you who don't know... Moulin Rouge is a movie that came out in 2001 with Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor. It is now on Broadway with Aaron Tveit and Karen Olivo. We stand. But it would it's basically a bunch of like covers of songs that are kind of like mashed up is like the concept of most of the music. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you you got to really listen to it, especially like Elephant in Love Medley which is, like, the big mashup, you have to listen to it so many times before you really grasp. <laughs> yeah, but they changed it. I know. So and I think much. They did change it. And at first I was like, why did they change it so much? But I, I like both. Kayla, speaking of relationship anarchy, I have just... I'm, I, I'm not comparing the Moulin Rouge recordings to each other they're just different they're separately i will however compare the two nature boys the david bowie one is superior i i just have such a strong connection to the movie i think is the problem like i have such fond memories of the movie and the music Mm -hmm. and it really is one of my favorite movies and i think that's where i'm having the problem 
I'm I'm able to just separate them and I'm just like I think they're both very good and they're very different and now I kind of like that they're different because it's easier to not compare them when it's entirely different songs yeah I mean I think once I'm finally able to see it I think Mm -hmm. I'll really really like it yeah I think a lot of times I have this problem with musicals is like there's some musicals where if I don't see them the music like really just doesn't mean a lot to me Mm mm-hmm yeah. But yeah, it's tough because I really, I just have such a strong connection to the movie is the problem. Okay, but in the song, Shut Up and Raise Your Glass, first of all, a bop because Shut Up and Dance is a bop. And for those of you who don't know, I, I tell everyone every time, this is one of the things that I just tell everyone, I was there the first time Walk the Moon ever premiered that song. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> the, the specifically the entrance of entrance <laughs> the entrance of whitney houston i want to dance with somebody in that song it slaps if you know you know the other day i was listening to it and it it had been a couple of days since i heard that song and that whitney came in i mean it wasn't whitney but you know whitney came in and i gasped i i had like forgotten i had forgotten that that was in there and i was just like oh my god this is it so well, there you go. Cool. All right. You can tell us about your beef, your juice, your love of Moulin Rouge on our Twitter at SoundsFakePod. We are or also... follow us. Yeah. Follow us so we can get to a thousand because Kayla's thirsty. I'm actually am... thirsty right now. Let me drink this water. Oh, okay. Delicious. <laughs> All of our social media is at SoundsFakePod. We actually posted on Instagram. You're welcome. Our, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash soundsfakepod. Again, sorry to the patrons whose names we haven't been saying. I I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> our $2 patrons are Keith McBlain, Roxanne, Allison Space, Anonymous, Mariah Walter, Jonathan, Christopher T. Verdiri, Patrick Jackson, also Andrew Yang. I can't believe that the presidential candidate has given us money on Patreon. It is very wild. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew Yang, for saying that. I just couldn't avoid that joke. Uh, Also, Nini and Sarah McCoy, thank you all for your kindness. Very sorry we haven't been saying your names. Very, very, very sorry. Say them some extra times. Andrew Yang, Nini, Sarah McCoy, McCoy, Sarah McCoy, Nini, Andrew Yang, Nini, Sarah McCoy, Andrew Yang. Is that enough? Uh, I guess. Okay. Maybe I'll make a song out of it to be determined. Mm. Okay, $5 patrons. Jennifer Smart, Asritha Vinicota, Austin Lay, Drew Fenny, Perry Fierro, My Aunt Jeannie, D, Megan Rowell, Quinn Pollock, Emily Collins, Tim, Ryan Luzietti, Book Marvel, and Changeling MX, who moved up from a $2 patron. Uh, today, Changeling is... Uh, I think it's... Our ten dollar patrons are Kevin and Tessa at Dirty Uncle Kevin at Tessa underscore M underscore K, Arknes, who like to promote Trevor Project, Benjamin Navarro, who like to promote Tabletop Games, Anonymous, who would like to promote Halloween. Our fifteen dollar patrons are Nathaniel White, Nathaniel J Designs.com, my mom, Julie, who would like to promote free mom hugs, and Sarah Jones, who would like to promote at Eternal Lolly, which is that I always say that wrong. At Eternal Lolly everywhere. Sarah Jones. <laughs> Thanks. Okay for listening tune in next sunday for more rest in your ears for our 100th episode oh get lit and until then take good care of your cows